In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. May it increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the Sacrament. Amen. King Solomon was renowned for his wisdom, and our first reading at Mass this weekend gives us the origin story of this wisdom. After being asked by the Lord during a dream for anything he could think of, Solomon asks for an understanding heart to judge God's people and to distinguish right from wrong. In the time of Solomon, a king's day-to-day affairs were primarily serving as judge for the people of his community. The king was the ultimate decision-maker when it came to working out disputes and deciding trial verdicts. Therefore, Solomon's prayer for an understanding heart is one that would be put to use in the everyday affairs of the people of Israel. But what's translated at Mass as an understanding heart is something more literally like a listening heart. Solomon wants his heart to listen to God's will for a specific predicament so that he can then carry out that will. As we have for several of the past weekends, our second reading is taken once again from St. Paul's letter to the Romans. In it, St. Paul lays out salvation history in a succinct five-step explanation. Those God foreknew, he predestined. Those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. But perhaps as soon as you heard the word predestined, you might have thought to yourself, wait a second, do we believe in predestination as Catholics? Well, it's a good question. And we don't. We don't believe that God has already entirely determined our lives for us and that we don't have any free will to choose good or evil. But then, if that's what we don't believe... What's St. Paul talking about here in saying that God predestined us? Well, some other translations opt for the word predetermined, and that might be a better way of grasping the original word in Greek of proorison. St. Paul wants to hold up Israel's being pre-chosen or predetermined as God's special people before they even had a say in the matter. Now, for the Christians, we know that God has predetermined all of us to be conformed to the image of his Son, as St. Paul says, so that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. When it comes to this weekend's gospel, you may recall that Elvis Presley song, Finders Keepers, Losers Weepers. Well, it's something of what's going on in the first of several parables told by Jesus in this gospel excerpt. He says that the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in a field, which a person finds and hides again, and then out of joy goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Burying one's valuables was quite common in the ancient world. I mean, think about it. Banks or other secure buildings couldn't really be guarded nearly as well as they are today. At the time, cities and all of their buildings were always under the threat of invasion. A treasure buried into the ground would actually be quite safe and in a spot only known to the one who buried it. Yet even at the time of Jesus, there was a vigorous debate among rabbis. It went like this. If a treasure buried by someone else was found, did that treasure belong to whomever owned the land or did it belong to the one who found it? In other words, was that treasure finders keepers or no? The main character of this parable goes out and buys the field before he claims the treasure, leading us to believe that Jesus didn't subscribe so much to the finder's keeper's mentality. The second parable Jesus tells in this gospel is about a merchant who finds a pearl of great price going and selling all that he has to buy it. Pearls were treasured even more than gold in Jesus' day. I mean, think about it. The ocean was a vast, mysterious, and terribly inaccessible place. 
Because of this, something beautiful found in the ocean would be considered far more treacherous to obtain than something found on land. The final major parable describes the actions of a dragnet, but we're not talking about the old TV show here. Instead, a dragnet was a very large net used by fishermen in the time of Jesus in one of two ways. The first way was to have two boats working in tandem, each with one end of the net, moving closer and closer to the shore while trapping everything in the net. The second way a dragnet could be used would be to have one boat go out into the water with someone holding the other end of the net on the shore. The boat would then chart a path for the net to pick up everything before ending up at the shore. Either way, the dragnet trapped all sorts of things. Good fish, bad fish, unclean fish, trash. I mean, fishermen would have to sort through a day's catch to determine what was good and what was bad. That's the image Jesus uses here for how it will be at the end of the age, when the angels will go out and separate the wicked from the righteous. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this 17th Sunday in Ordinary Time in Year A. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.